0: Straw Hut Media.
1: If you're not behind the wheel of a car right now, I want you to close your eyes and picture yourself on a boat. A big boat. Huge white sails are billowing above you. The wind roars and sprinkles a cool, salty mist on your skin. You can hear the waves as they slosh against the wooden body of the ship. The sun is warm on your back, and there's nothing but horizon as far as you can see. Last year, we talked to historian Rebecca Simon about the history of same-sex relationships among pirates during the golden age of piracy. Today, we are rebroadcasting that episode for a couple of reasons. First, it's a great episode, one of my favorites. And second, we could all use a little freedom fantasy right about now. The open sea, travel, sunlight. Ah, I can hear the gulls in the distance now. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. To say Rebecca Simon is into pirates would kind of be an understatement. Over the years, she's provided her pirate expertise while working as a consultant and media researcher for Lego, Netflix, The History Channel, and BBC. She's traveled throughout the U.S. and U.K. giving speeches on the history of pirates. And she's written articles for History Today and the Gazette, as well as academic articles in the Journal of Maritime Research and the International Journal of Interdisciplinary Social Sciences. Oh, and she teaches middle school and community
0: college. My name is Rebecca Simon, and I am an expert on all things pirates. I did a Ph.D. in the history of pirates and their public executions at King's College London.
1: So what element? How did you get involved? Like, what 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 drew you to Pirates?
0: Growing up, I always really did love Pirates of the Caribbean. I loved the ride. And then when the first film came out, I was in high school, Um, the one with Johnny Depp. And I thought the movie was just so awesome, so much fun. I didn't know much about maritime life or the sea or anything like that when I saw it. So I just found it really interesting. But then I didn't do much with it until I started – researching history. Um, When I started studying history in college, I found exploration and colonization of the American colonies really interesting and about these people who would travel on sea over land, just really kind of brave. It had to be a scary thing to do. And then when I was doing my master's degree, we read a book called Villains of All Nations about pirates um, during the golden age of piracy. And I found it so interesting because in my mind, like I think so many people, I found pirates to be Cool and fun and interesting and fascinating. And here I was reading a book about these people and how terrifying they were and how they brutalized people and how they kept the, you know the, all the American colonies under you know, shivering fear and everything. And so I just got to wondering, I said, if this is the view that this historian is trying to tell me, then how did it change from that to Captain Jack Sparrow over time? And so I began researching that topic a lot more because I was just really, I like to know how people think. I like to know it gets people interested in something. So I wanted to know why people began to find pirates so exciting. And so as my research grew, I began researching, I began finding that their public executions were really widely attended. All public executions in the early modern period were known to be attended fun days out. But the ones for pirates were done very differently in a much more ceremonial fashion. They had these big like silver oars, kind of shining in the light, so that way people knew exactly where they were. Their speeches were published, their trials were published and sold out within just a day.
1: Pirates were popular then, and they're popular now. In 1724, a book called A General History of the Pirates was published under the pseudonym Captain Charles Johnson, and it's still in print today. The book was a series of biographies of famous pirates, including two pirates we're going to talk about in a few moments, Anne Bonny and Mary Read. In fact, their stories were used to advertise the books. Then, about 150 years later, Robert Louis Stevenson published Treasure Island, which popularized the general perception of pirates as we think of them now. Treasure Island introduced us to treasure maps, X marks the spot, and peg-legged marauders with eye patches and parrots on their shoulders.
0: But that's how I got into it. I was just really curious to know how these villainized people who were known as these criminals of the time period became these really romanticized heroes. And in my research, I came to find it's very much falls in the middle. Most pirates weren't these villains out to plunder and kill and everything like that. Most were sailors who were trying to get wealthy quickly and then go back home or because they couldn't get work on another ship or in any other fashion of any sort. So I just found them to be really interesting people that we just don't know much about. And so I just want to explore that a lot more.
1: The golden age of piracy is what we call the time period in which there were three major spikes in maritime piracy during the 17th and 18th centuries. It lasted just about 75 years. And during this time, it's estimated that there were more than 5,000 pirates at sea.
0: So about 1650-ish until about 1730, which is where there was huge bands of organized pirates, former privateers legally sanctioned to uh, attack enemy ships, or former merchants, other former people from the Royal Navy who decided to strike out on their own and get rich quick. So they kind of sort of terrorized the Caribbean and the North American coast by robbing merchant ships and other Navy ships pretty much at will. And they also had their own sort of safe haven, strongholds in Jamaica, Tortuga, and then later in the Bahamas, a place called Nassau after the Royal Navy became stronger in the Caribbean.
1: And now let's get to the good stuff. Queer Pirates. This is widely debated among historians because relationships weren't really recorded at that time. Still, many suggest that same-sex coupling was the norm. Think about it. Even the straightest pirate would be at sea for long, long periods of time, on ships, full of men, with their shirts unbuttoned. Pirates already lived outside of social norms and were generally subversive, so even though same-sex relationships were illegal and punishable by death at that time, so was piracy.
0: I know there is a lot of debate saying, oh, no, that definitely wouldn't have happened, et cetera, et cetera. I think homosexual relationships on pirate ships would have been much, much more likely to happen on pirate ships than it would, say, on Navy ships and merchant ships, where the rules were much stricter, more supervision, and they just had very, very strict laws back then. Homosexual relationships, which in which they use the term sodomy, was considered a crime punishable by death. So they had to keep it so even though it still happened all the time, people had to keep it very secret. But pirates were people who sailed outside the law regardless and against all social norms. So if there were homosexual relationships on pirate ships, they most likely would have been treated you know, not too differently than other relationships. In fact, it was more preferable if there were going to be relationships on a pirate ship, let it be between two men versus a man and a woman. There were pirate ships, pirate captains, such as Blackbeard, that didn't allow women on ships because they felt they could be a distraction. The idea was if it was two men, that's fine. It wouldn't cause as much of a conflict. And also when you're sailing together for a very long time and you're amongst men who you get to know very well, very intimately in very close proximity, some people would call this situational homosexuality where you might develop a relationship in close quarters, which then separates once you're on land. But on pirate ships, there were many cases of these metalages same-sex unions. Um, and not very many pirates had families off the sh- on land anyways. Or if they did, they were very much separated from them. So creating these relationships on pirates, pirate ships absolutely would have been, I would say, pretty common. It just wasn't really spoken about.
1: So it was on the DL.
0: Yeah, exactly. Back then, same-sex relationships were not uncommon during this time period at all. But it was very much a look away, and we won't say anything.
1: During the golden age of piracy, same-sex relationships weren't restricted to pirates, and they weren't just happening at sea. And even though there was a general awareness, people and governments did periodically try to intervene.
0: This was kind of starting to become a bit of an issue in the Caribbean as people were settling, settling plantation colonies, and basically there were people were moving to the Caribbean to colonize, to create goods that you could sell. Well, there weren't enough women for the most part for a long time. So and it got to the point where some governors felt that too many men were engaging in relationships with each other. So on the island of Tortuga, for example, the French governor, uh, Jean Levasseur, reportedly sent over 1,650 French prostitutes to the plantation just to get the men to stop sleeping with each other kind of as an attempt and to start kind of populating the island more. So these are some measures people would take. Like prostitution was technically illegal, but they were uh, at this time, there were some cases where they were deliberately brought over in order to discourage same-sex uh, relationships.
1: Have you ever wondered why pirates called each other mate or matey? Ahoy matey, how ye? It originally came from the word matelot, which means sailor in French. The word matelotage is from that same word, and though it carries many different meanings, one accepted definition is a civil union between two sailors or pirates. So these same-sex relationships were common nonetheless, both sexual and non-sexual.
0: This is basically kind of a form of a union where two pirates on a ship or male sailors in general, but here on a pirate ship, they engage kind of into a relationship with each other, um, almost as if they are a married couple.
1: Civil unions like these often came with the same benefits of marriage. If one person died, their partner could inherit all of their belongings. Almost like a life insurance policy.
0: Pirate captains could legally perform marriage ceremonies on ships. So this would happen and they would be considered life partners. They often started out as friends and became very close working companions. This happened a lot between more senior pirates and then kind of younger, newer pirates, sort of as like a mentor-mentee ship, but um, oftentimes also people of similar rank and similar experience who had just known and known each other for quite a long time and had sailed with each other for quite a long time.
1: If the sort of student-teacher partnership between the older and younger men on pirate ships sounds familiar to you, it did to me too. In ancient Greece and Rome, this kind of relationship was also very common.
0: So this mentor-mentor-mentee situation would usually be among younger pirates who probably about early teens, and then their mentors were probably maybe about in their 20s max early 30s pirate ships weren't populated by old men um it was a dangerous way of life and so most pirates were actually young like 40 or younger for the most part so the age difference wouldn't have been for the time wouldn't have been too scandalous but yeah you would have these kind of like Older pirates who really took a younger pirate under their wing and helped them out and trained them essentially to help them become even better sailors and better fighters, which was the most important part. And so through that, you could have a lot of relationships starting, quite similar to what you were saying in um, Greek and Roman relationships, especially those who were kind of training to become fighters, etc.,
1: just as a note, it's important to keep in mind that these relationships were not all romance and hot hookups. Just like many heterosexual relationships and marriages throughout history, there were abusive relationships too. But today, we're talking about the consensual ones.
0: This would kind of depend. There were some, like, I know in the case of a pirate named John Swan, who was rumored to be in a relationship with another pirate named Robert Colleyford when they went on land, they didn't live together, but they were neighbors. So they lived kind of next to each other or they lived just literally down the street from each other. This is most likely what would have happened because during the time period of the 16 and 1700s, it was more acceptable for single women to live together. But it wasn't really quite as known for single men to live together. They were expected to be either already living, either already married or probably still living with their families if they were unmarried. So if they were in a relationship, they likely would have been living just in close proximity to each other.
1: Next-door neighbors. So they're like, not to arouse any suspicions, Mm -hmm. but he lives at my house. Yeah. Okay, got it. John Swan was active in the Indian Ocean and was honestly kind of a minor player in terms of activity during the golden age of piracy. His major claim to fame, and the reason we still talk about him today, is his relationship with Robert Culliford.
0: The two of them met because they're both captured in the mid-1690s. I don't know the exact date, but they were in prison together. And while they were in prison together, they both became very close friends. And they ended up escaping together in 1696. And after they'd escaped, they both ended up sailing with um, a pirate named Captain William Kidd, who became really famous because when he was accused of being a pirate, he was the first pirate in which there was an actual manhunt for so Robert Colliford, he's the one who actually thought Captain Kidd was getting too brash in his actions. So he staged a mutiny and took over. And so after they got rid of Captain Kidd on the ship, Robert Cauliford and John Swan took over the ship together. And then in about 1699, they both went to Madagascar where they did live together, or at least they lived like right next door to each other, essentially. They lived there for a period of time until they began sailing again later in 1699. But then something happened, we don't know what, but they decided to part ways. John Swan went to Barbados in the Caribbean, and unfortunately Robert Cauliford was actually captured, sent to London, and executed for crimes of piracy.
1: Execution was a common end for pirates, but two pirates that managed to avoid the gallows were Anne Bonney and Mary Reed. And we'll learn all about them in just a minute. Anne Bonny and Mary Read were probably the most famous same-sex couple in pirate history. And not only were they queer, they were women, and they were badass.
0: Anne Bonny was born in Ireland. She was uh, in County Cork. She was an illegitimate daughter of an attorney and his servant. Anne Bonny's mother dies in childbirth. And the attorney, who her father, who already had a very estranged relationship with his wife, took her to England to raise as an illegitimate child, but had her disguised as a boy because it would so be so sh- more socially acceptable um, to have an illegitimate son versus a daughter. But this was eventually discovered. And so to get rid of scandal, he he and Anne Bonnie moved to the American colonies in the Carolinas. And after they moved there, he didn't have her disguise herself as a boy anymore, tried to hire her out as a servant girl, as was normal for a girl of her age in her early teens.
1: Anne Bonnie didn't last long as a servant girl. She was difficult to control, she talked back, she got into fights, and she even stabbed a guy.
0: I think he attempted to kiss her or something like that. And so, yeah, she reportedly did stab him. She didn't kill him or really even ma- maim him. But, you know, it was a big scandal of the time. And this really reflected badly on her father, who, um, you know, was working as an attorney and trying to raise them in, as, in an honorable fashion as, fashion as possible. So after that, after that is when he took her out of working as a servant because she was known to get in fights and possibly, yeah, even did stab someone. She was very fiery. She was known to have fiery red hair. Which which her personality. And so against her father's wishes, she marries a sailor named James Bonnie when she's about 16. And he disown- so she's disowned. So the two of them go into the Caribbean. She actually sails with him for a while until they settle in Nassau, which is in the Bahamas where pirates were known to hang out. And this is where the relationship became quite strained. And Bonnie wanted to continue sailing, but her husband didn't. And in fact, he started to work as a pirate hunter under the governor's command, Wood Rogers, who oddly enough, was a pirate, later turned pirate hunter and now governor. And so Anne Bonny didn't like that. She began hanging out with lots of pirates, and then she fell in love with a pirate named Jack Rackham. And the two of them ran away together, and she sailed on a ship. She dressed in men's clothes, but she didn't hide the fact that she was a woman at the same time. This is a big subject of wonderment. Like, Why would she wear men's clothes and yet have, have people know her gender? I would say most likely it's just easier to work on a ship wearing pants than a dress, but... This has been a big topic. Well, while they were sailing, they, they had recruited a new crew, inclu- including a man named Mark Reed. And Bonnie fell in love with Mark Reed, even though she was married to Jack Rackham now, on the ship at least. And so she decided to seduce him. She um, kind of cornered Mark Reed in a storeroom, took off her shirt to reveal her breast, saying, I'm a woman and I'm in love with you. But then in a sort of twist of events, Mark Reed then took off his shirt. Lo and behold, Mark Reed is also a woman They marry Reed. Mary Reed was born in England, also an illegitimate child um, of a servant. And then she was kind of disguised as a boy and then eventually was even hired into service as as a boy. But then she ran away from England and joined the British Army in Flanders, where she actually served as as a soldier for years under male identity. She even in secret married another soldier who did know that she was actually a woman. But then when he died, she was discharged because her performance dipped. She was grieving but couldn't show it. So after that, she described herself as a man again and became a sailor and went to the Caribbean. And this is where Anne and Mary met at sea. And they were, even despite the fact they were both women, they were both so impressed with each other's abilities. They were both really brave, excellent fighters, known to be fiercer than any of the men on ship. And so they w- were enamored with each other and did strike up this relationship. Now, Jack Rackham and Bonnie's husband on the ship did not know that Mark Reed was actually a woman and became very jealous when he saw how close the two of them were together. The way they would kind of talk intimate with intimately with each other, seen laughing on the ship, um, even like, you know, some touches, that sort of thing. So one night he goes to Mary Reed's hammock with a knife at her throat, threatens to kill her until she reveals that she's a woman. And then he backs off saying, oh, okay, you're a woman. Um, That's fine then. But then realizes that they're still in a relationship and he gets so jealous that he says, you have to include me into this relationship or else I'll kill you both. And so they kinda essentially became a threesome and so they were all captured and put on trial. And Bonnie and Mary Reed, they were both revealed that they were pregnant at their trial. And so as a result, neither one of them were actually executed for their crimes. Who's the father of their both their children? Jack Rackham on the ship. Um Tragically, the two of them, though, they were separated in prison. Mary Reed died of childbed fever, whereas Anne Bonny survived. We don't quite know what happened, but we believe that she eventually went back to the Carolinas. But the two of them never saw each other again after they were imprisoned.
1: Even though travel by ship is slow, a pirate's life and relationships were pretty short-lived. Anne Bonny and Mary Reed only sailed together with Jack Rackham for about two months, from August 1720 until October 1720. But during those two months... Their crew became known as some of the most frightening and notorious pirates of the oceans, mostly because of Anne Bonny and Mary Reed.
0: So they were described as being very masculine. I don't know about off the ship, but in their trial testimony, some witnesses who had survived attacks by them said that they were really fierce fighters, very masculine. In fact, they said even more so than their male counterparts. They swore more than any of the men did. They fought more fiercely and more bravely. It was almost as if they didn't care about any danger that might come to them. They were said to have carried pistols and swords and cutlasses. They wore trousers. They wore jackets. But what's interesting is that their jackets and tops were open so you could see their breasts full on display, which actually did quite intimidate people. They literally didn't know what to do in the presence of these women who were dressing, acting, and speaking like men. They wore their hair long and flowing to give them even a more kind of distinctive presence. So they kind of used their femininity not like almost in a way to make them seem more powerful in that sense because it shocked people to their absolute core and helped them win some fights or actually be fiercer in battle because of that.
1: Because it was like unexpected.
0: Very much so.
1: Despite the total badassery of Mary Read and Anne Bonny, they were, like many pirates, eventually captured. But it wasn't exactly their fault, and they didn't go down without a fight.
0: Jack Rackham was known to start becoming a bit too cocky to the point where even Anne and Mary were cautioning him, like, hey, we need to slow down um, because we're going to get caught at some point. Um, and then one night, they were, the, Jack Rackham and his men were celebrating. they just robbed a ship and stolen a whole bunch of really expensive wine. And so they were essentially partying really, really hard, and they got very, very drunk, n- not knowing that they were being pursued by a pirate hunter named Captain John Barnett, who had figured out where they were and was kind of lying in wait, waiting to ambush them. And Bonnie and Mary Reed noticed that there was another ship. Um, Barnett hailed them. And Jack Rackham basically sa- uh, said, you know, we'll give no quarters if you attack, which means we're not going to have any mercy. And Bonnie and Mary Reed were basically incur- uh, countered, encouraged him, you know, stop doing this um let's try to make this as simple as possible but then Jack Rackham called Captain barnett and his men to fight unfortunately they realized how outnumbered they were and so and Bonnie and Mary Reed said we need to fight okay everyone get ready Jack Rackham the captain says no and has everyone lock themselves down below below deck because they're too drunk and now suddenly they're too frightened to fight so this whole fight between Um, where Captain Barnett and his men were going to capture these pirates they fought against just Anne, Bonnie and Mary Reed and they were and despite the fact they were two women and it was just two of them fighting it was noted that they were some of the fiercest fighters that Captain Barnett and his fellow sailors had ever seen in their lives of course they were captured because two against a whole ship but that's how bravely they fought they were all sentenced to be hanged, except for Anne and Mary, who got a stay of execution for being pregnant. But on the morning Jack Rackham was going to be executed in November of 1720, he really wanted some like, comforting words from Anne Bonny, his, his wife, and they brought her down to go see him. And he pleaded with her saying, please, you know, I'm so sorry about what's happened. Please, I just want some comforting words before I die. And all she said to him was, if you had fought like a man, you need not have hanged like a dog.
1: Because she was a badass.
0: Because she was a total badass.
1: By now, we've established that there was a lot of violence, a lot of sex, a lot of drinking, and a lot of excitement. But there was also fashion. Because they stole everything, they had access to all kinds of clothing. They often dressed flamboyantly as a way of intimidating people. So Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Maybe not as far from reality as you might think.
0: If you look at the pirate Blackbeard, who um, was a real pirate. His name's Edward Teach, and he was only a pirate for about two years. But he was really notorious because of the way he dressed and the way he looked, kind of similar to how Captain Jack Sparrow looks. He had really long beard. He had really long hair. And he would put split sparklers in his beard during battle. So smoke was literally rising from his face along with fire and everything to look like the devil himself. And he dressed in really, really flashy clothes with as much color and as much jewels as possible to make himself really stand out and look intimidating and to really kind of instill fear in other people. And some people would, I think, did use that, did use the word flamboyant to describe him just because of how outlandish he looked. And it was a way to really kind of intimidate people. Then you did have um, the pirate Jack Rackham, who was married to Anne Bonny. He was known as Calico Jack because he um, was very well dressed he liked to wear fine clothes. He was really fond of the um, fabric calico, which was which is hence the nickname because it was, you know, it was more expensive, it was softer, it was nicer. So he was very known for how he dressed. And then there was another pirate um, known as the which pirate was it? I think Bartholomew Roberts, known as the gentleman. Oh no, Steed Bonnet. There was Steed Bonnet, known as the gentleman pirate because he was educated. And he came from a plantation and then decided just to become a pirate. And he was described to be very foppish, the term that they used back then to kind of describe as flamboyantly gay the way we use today, just because of how well spoken he was. And, you know... I'm sorry to say like in very negative connotations. He wasn't a brave fighter. He wasn't a good fighter. Um, he dressed very well, but didn't know how to do his job at all. So he didn't get respect. He um, was therefore kind of described as being, like I said, foppish for a lot of lack of better words that they would use back then. And oddly enough, he did say it with Blackbeard. And Blackbeard found him to be too showy in so many ways and too much of a bad pirate. So he actually sort of kidnapped the rest of the, not kidnapped he basically kind of abandoned steed bonnet and his crew and took his crew back secretly in at night one night so but those are some examples of like kind of really you know well-dressed sort of flamboyantly presenting pirates of the time period to make themselves really stand out
1: but the fashion was the fashion of pirates in general was flashier
0: it was especially um because a lot of them were able to get new clothes constantly because of ships that they would rob they were able to keep a lot of the finer clothes silks jewels fine fabrics muslins calicoes um and because they were able to get new clothes more often they were cleaner than many other sailors they were able to get fresh food and water and goods a lot more often so they looked healthier and so this alone made them look a lot more flamboyant colorful kind of outlandish and standing out amongst other sailors
1: The history of piracy is so many things. It's gruesome and it's horrifying. It's exciting and it's feminist. It's fashion forward and it's definitely queer. If you're interested in learning more about pirates, Rebecca has some really exciting things coming down the pipeline.
0: So I'm writing an article about uh, Anne Bonny and Mary Read, kind of what I've been talking about Um Just a few minutes ago, I can't go into too much detail about it because of an NDA clause, um, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna come out online um, at some point in the near future.
1: Rebecca also has a book in the works, so make sure to follow her on Twitter so you don't miss out on any queer pirate hot goss.
0: Yeah, I'm on Twitter, so my handle on Twitter is um, Beckalex. It's spelled B E C K A L E X. And that's where you find me. It's also got a link to my website on there as well.
1: For all things pirate related.
0: That's right. All things pirates. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: Since we spoke to Rebecca last year, that article she mentions on the show about Anne Bonnie and Mary Read, it was published.
0: It's called The Revenge of Anne and Mary, and you can read it on medium.com. It was published through a company called Truly Adventurous.
1: And her book, Why We Love Pirates, is being released on November 17th in paperback and ebook.
0: What this book is, it's literally kind of an examination of how pirates sort of came to be the really notorious kind of romantic figures that we look at today.
1: A lot of her book focuses on the first pirate to attract a media circus, Captain Kidd, who was executed in 1701.
0: It really wasn't a 20th century thing for us to start liking pirates. People actually were really into pirates starting as early as the 16 and 1700s in this context.
1: There's also a chapter on pirate code, which explores some of the relationships between pirates.
0: And I'd go into a bit of a discussion about, you know, what were pirate relationships? Were there gay relationships between pirates? I talk a bit about Anne Bonny and Mary Read um, and John Swan and Robert Culliford.
1: In other news, Rebecca has baked a loaf of bread.
0: Uh, it actually turned out pretty well, but I cheated. I have a bread maker. That was a gift from my mom a while ago. so <laughs> that, So it came out fine.
1: And she's re-watching all of the Avengers movies in chronological order. Not release order, but chronological. Infinity War is up next. Pride is a production of straw hut media if you like the show leave us a rating and a review on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you're tuning in from share us with your friends subscribe and follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at pride you can follow me at levi chambers pride is produced by me levi chambers maggie Bowles, and ryan tillotson edited by sebastian alcala Gay Pirate Hot Goss.
0: (laughs) Gay Pirate Hot Goss. (laughs) From
1: 400 years ago.
0: From 400 years ago. Ooh, gosh.